0: deep in a dream. She was about to rouse her when she stopped her hand and stepped back. In her daughter's sleeping face she could see the lineaments of her own likeness, the same full lips, rounded nose, and upturned chin, except that in the child the lines were still clean and sharply drawn, whereas in herself they had grown smudged and indistinct. After seven years of marriage, Diti was not much more than a child herself, but a few tendrils of white had already appeared in her thick black hair. The skin of her face, parched and darkened by the sun, had begun to flake and crack around the corners of her mouth and her eyes. Yet, despite the careworn commonplaceness of her appearance, there was one respect in which she stood out from the ordinary. She had light gray eyes, a feature that was unusual in that part of the country. Such was the color, or perhaps colorlessness of her eyes that they made her seem at once blind and all-seeing. This had the effect of unnerving the young and of reinforcing their prejudices and superstitions to the point where they would sometimes shout taunts at her, as if she were a witch. But Diti had only to turn her eyes on them to make them scatter and run off. Although not above taking a little pleasure in her powers of discomfiture, Diti was glad, for her daughter's sake, that this was one aspect of her appearance that she had not passed on. She delighted in Kabutri's dark eyes, which were as black as her shiny hair. Now looking down on her daughter's dreaming face, Diti smiled and decided that she wouldn't wake her after all. In three or four years the girl would be married and gone, there would be enough time for her to work when she was received into her husband's house. In her few remaining years at home, she might as well rest. With scarcely a pause for a mouthful of roti, Diti stepped outside, on to the flat threshold of beaten earth that divided the mud-walled dwelling from the poppy-fields beyond. By the light of the newly risen sun, she saw, greatly to her relief, that some of her flowers had at last begun to shed their petals— on the adjacent field, her husband's younger brother, Chandan Singh, was already out with his eight-bladed nuka in hand. He was using the tool's tiny teeth to make notches on some of the bare pods. If the sap flowed freely overnight, he would bring his family out tomorrow to tap the field. The timing had to be exactly right, because the priceless sap flowed only for a brief period in the plant's span of life—a day or two, this way or that— and the pods were of no more value than the blossoms of a weed. Chandan Singh had seen her too, and he was not a person who could let anyone pass by in silence. A slack-jawed youth with a brood of five children of his own, he never missed an opportunity to remind Deeti of her paucity of offspring. "'Ka Bahail he called out, licking a drop of fresh sap from the tip of his instrument. "'What's the matter? Working alone again!' "'How long can you carry on like this? "'You need a son to give you a helping hand. "'You're not barren, after all.' "'Being accustomed to her brother-in-law's ways, "'Diti had no difficulty in ignoring his jibes. "'Turning her back on him, she headed into her own field, "'carrying a wide wicker basket at her waist. "'Between the rows of flowers, "'the ground was carpeted in papery petals, "'and she scooped them up in handfuls, "'dropping them into her basket.' A week or two before, she would have taken care to creep sideways, so as not to disturb the flowers, but today she all but flounced as she went and was none too sorry when her swishing sorry swept clusters of petals off the ripening pods. When the basket was full, she carried it back and emptied it next to the outdoor chula, where she did most of her cooking. This part of the threshold was shaded by two enormous mango trees, which had just begun to sprout the dimples that would grow into the first buds of spring. Relieved to be out of the sun, Diti squatted beside her oven and thrust an armload of firewood into last night's embers, which could still be seen glowing deep inside the ashes. Kabutri was awake now, and when she showed her face in the doorway, her mother was no longer in a mood to be indulgent. So late, she snapped. Where were you? Kamokaj you think there's no work to be done? Diti gave her daughter the job of sweeping the poppy petals into a heap while she busied herself in stoking the fire and heating a heavy iron tawa. Once this griddle,